0: Chapter Twenty Three of From Mud to Mufti by Bruce Bairn's Father This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three: An Invitation to Dinner, in Paris again, off to Verdun, Bar Le Duc. My time in this North Sea area was drawing to a close. I had got all I wanted—a crowd of impressions and a forest of detail. Now came the big event, the star turn the thing i was longing to do i was now to go to verdun verdun with all its epic story of cast-iron endurance and its mighty battles verdun the ypres of the french army i was glad in a way to leave the damp and dismal rosendale sector but i was sorry to leave the jolly friendly crowd of french officers at coxide who were more than good to me before leaving I received an invitation on which I will say a few words. I was invited to dine with Prince Alexander of Teck, who lived over at Lepan, and was the British representative with the King of the Belgians. His senior staff officer was a friend of mine, and I went over one night and enjoyed a very pleasant evening. I had the honor of sitting next to Prince, who told me a lot of interesting things about the sector and the Belgian army. I mention this dinner, you see, to show that I didn't always live on bully beef in dugouts, but now and again glided off up into the realms of Table d'Hote. This pleasant little episode happened just before I left. Another invitation to go to the naval division who operated some venomous-looking naval guns in the sandhills close by I had to cancel, as I was leaving for Paris. After a variety of small bothers, such as getting one's papers and authority to proceed, etc., I left Rosendale for Paris. I went to the French authorities and saw an intelligence department lieutenant who gave me a couple of reams of paper entitling me to go to Verdun. I managed to snatch a night in Paris. I wanted something to contrast with the joys of the Rosendale mud wastes. What a rotten thing loneliness in great cities is. One night is quite enough for me, but circumstances have caused me to have a great many. After one evening in Paris, I started for Verdun. I rattled off from my hotel in one of those reckless petrol-driven bathing machines known as taxis, and having paid my Yehu a hundred percent over his fare, daren't argue as I don't know enough French, I walked into the station. It's a mighty station, is the Guerre de l'Est, and I have never seen it without its being packed to suffocation with people. All the Paris stations seemed to be the same during the war. One large seething mob of soldiers, civilians, women, and children. Trains about a mile long are always standing at the platforms and are allowed about two hours to load up with passengers. They seem to believe in a few trains of staggering length to a greater number of reasonable proportions. My heart bleeds for the engine that has to start pulling that enormous dead weight out of the station. I'm sure the station master must give the train a bit of a shove so as to make things easier it is very rarely that i have managed to evade carriages with eight aside the floor covered with baggage and a family of assorted babies sprawling over it i have done hundreds of miles in a carriage like the black hole of calcutta this journey to verdun was crowded but minus babies i think that sector is unsuitable for babies but it apparently deals largely in farm laborers who seem to live exclusively on garlic and onions at least so i surmise from my travelling experiences and a keen sense of smell a boisterously healthy swarthy hercules with a luxuriant moustache will sit in a first-class carriage and open a parcel in which is wrapped a lunch enough to feed a platoon then with a brigand-like pocket-knife he will proceed to cut cheese against a monstrous dirty thumb looking blandly out of the window with eyes like the soul's awakening it was just such a journey as this that i made towards verdun you can't go the whole way to verdun by train only as far as bar le then hope for the best i arrived at bar le in the evening and was motored out that night to a certain army headquarters which was established in an old stone town hall in a small town an effective romantic sort of a place i remember noticing a lot of shields and old historical spears hung on the walls Everything was very solid and gloomy. I was told what was the procedure necessary before being allowed to enter and see Verdun. In about half an hour I was in the French staff car again and being mortared back to Bar-le-Duc. It was late at night when I got there and I found a room in one of the few hotels in the main street. Somehow the whole air seemed charged with a quaint air of excitement and mystery. Bar-le-Duc to-night, and to-morrow I was to be called for and taken to Verdun. I was mighty keen on this visit. Verdun spelt to me such a mysterious romantic charm, and at this time the world was echoing the great story of the ceaseless German attacks and the amazing tenacity of the French troops in holding the town and the salient. Verdun, Douaumont, Vaux, all magic, terrifying names, each one conveying a wealth of martial meaning to every man and woman in France one big story of the courageous spirit of undefeatable france and one big necropolis for the germans i spent a fairly reasonable night in a fairly reasonable hotel and when daylight broke again i prepared myself for my visit to the mighty fortress of verdun end of section twenty three recording by philip gould